And welcome everyone to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. When you hear those docile tones from the Give Me Back My Action Movie Podcast Orchestra, you know it's time for me, Dan, and Charlie to talk to you about 80s, 90s, nostalgia, action movies. Charlie, what's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot, brother. What's going on yeah. with you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, normal yeah. stuff around here for me, man. I'm here. I'm here, and you're there. I am. One of these I days, one of these days, we're going to do a live in the same room episode. Yeah. Uh, now that we can travel a little bit more, I think we're coming up for the holidays, so we'll we'll see what we can squeeze out. It won't be like for a holiday episode or anything, but it'll maybe beginning of the year we might be able. Oh, to Oh, sweet! We can finally do short circuit together. Yes. <laughs> Johnny Five the snowblower. <laughs> that's you know that's what we do. We do the ultimate crossover with the action horror, and we do short circuit and chopping mall, and we do it all in the same episode. <laughs> same episode. That's right. Well, speaking of which, that's kind of what we're doing tonight is the old double feature. Remember when you'd go to the video store and you could either get one new release for three ninety nine. Or you could get two of the dollar movies, the older dollar movies. Yeah. And if there wasn't anything big on the new releases, you always got the dollar movies instead, so you could get more of them. Oh, yeah. We used to have, um, like, five for five nights sometimes. Oh, yeah, there you go. You could get, okay. like, five movies for five bucks. Uh, the older but, ones, right? Yeah, oh, it was all. It was yeah. always the older ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. There was never anything new or even semi-new. It was, like, one. <laughs> they would make, like, a display and just those movies that were on those that rack was like the five for five deal. But sure. Yeah, but no, this is the two for one special we're running tonight. That's right. This is the down and dirty double feature. As tonight we've chosen to do, we, we're going to do two movies tonight. Obviously, you've seen the title. You know what we're doing. Yes. But when we talked about this, we're like, both these movies are fine. And they're discussion worthy, but they're not a full episode discussion worthy. They're both take place in the future, which is actually now the past for us in 2021. <laughs> yeah. And they both have rock icons in each one of them. Yeah. So we we wanted a thread to connect the movies. You know, not those weird like multi-pack DVDs I've been buying lately that none of Leave the movies make multi-pass. <laughs> none of the movies make sense to be on the <laughs> same DVD package. Yeah, like um, na uh, National Treasure, Mall Rats, and <laughs> yeah, Bible Goes West. <laughs> just some of the wild. What was the one I just got? It was like Domino, Blood Diamond, um, and like two others. I was like, Gleaming the Cube. Oh, is Ninja Assassin and one other one? And you're like, they, they they don't even all. There's nothing connecting them other than action. That's yeah. really all that was connecting them. I'm my vote is for Ninja Assassin out of those three. I love Ninja Assassin. That movie I, was nuts, dude. If you haven't seen that movie, watch it. I love yeah, Ninja Assassin. Absolutely. I mean, we're a big fan of practical effects, and that one is all pretty much digital, insane, over the top. It's a lot like Spart the Spartacus series that was on Stars. Yes. Very animated, like blood splatter and stuff, but awesome but they, flick. They did it right and went with it. You know what I mean? You know, you watch they some of these it. other ones and it's yeah. It's jarring when you see the digital blood. This one kind of made sense because 
A, I wouldn't want to clean up those sets between takes <laughs> with no. the amount of blood they were using in that movie. So they got it. They got it at Sam's Club. Yeah, but we're not doing Ninja Assassin tonight. We are no. doing your your first pick. Uh, yes, we're doing Runaway with Tom Selleck. That mustache. And the 1984 Tom Selleck, Michael Crichton, written and directed film. Yes. And then after the commercial break, we're going to come back and do Free Jack with Emilio Estevez and Rene Russo. Now, the common thread, if you're not familiar with these movies, and if you're not, then you should probably go watch them real quick and then come back because we're yeah. not going to tell you spoiler alert. We're just going to do it. No, we're just but jumping in. These Both these movies have a rock icon in each. The first one is Runaway with Gene Simmons. Yes. And if you don't know what band Gene's from, then please stop this, delete it, unfollow, and then throw your phone in the, in the river. The second one is uh, Mick Jagger. And again, Rolling Stones. If you don't know who the Rolling Stones are, Mick Jagger is, it's probably the same thing. You probably want to just throw your phone away at that point. <laughs> so we both talked about these. We both watched. So we were both familiar with both films and we hadn't seen them for a while. So when we watched them again, it wasn't quite a cold watch, but it's pretty close. No, I I had definitely seen Runaway most recently. Even to the fact Jackie's sitting there going, have I seen this? And I'm like, probably. I've watched it a few times. Yeah. And Free Jack, I'm pretty positive I haven't watched it since the VHS days. So that would have been like 90s since I watched uh, Free Jack. I've probably watched them both in the last 10 years, but again, I couldn't tell you when. Enough that I was like, I know them, you know. Oh, I, I knew, I knew the plot. I knew what was mm -hmm. going on. Maybe some small nuances here and there, you know, in, in the movies that I was like, I don't quite remember that. But then something will happen. And you're like, oh, yep, I remember that. Yep, I yep, totally yep, remember yep. it. But uh, so, yeah, yeah. The the first one we're going to do is Runaway, and um, I think I might have been confused. This is what I watched. <laughs> so you watched uh, some Monty Python. <laughs> Any 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 chance I get to put my Python on the podcast, I will. I, I'm not hating on you on that for that one. I mean, that is the uh, the killer rabbit scene. That's you know. right. But uh, and no, this was not planned. He's playing it, and I'm <laughs> I'm staring at him through the thing, going, "Really? Yeah. There, we have a few go with me moments on this. All right, run away. The 1984 action movie. Let you want to play the trailer? That was that? Uh, I just hope it's not the Julia Roberts Runaway Bride or anything like that. Never seen that piece of crap. <laughs> Neither have I, but I, I'm, I'm not putting anything past you. It is the future. Mysteriously spreading across an unsuspecting city. Machines trained to serve humans are turning against them. What do you got, Jerry? Model 912 cut up two people inside the house. Going in. You're going in. We can send a disarm robot in. Hit the floater, it'll hit the disarm, and any minute it's going to decide to hit the kid. An ingenious conspiracy has begun, and someone has to stop the madman who started it all. We've got a non standard chip here. Can turn any domestic computer into a killing machine. Working late at night all by yourself. I just had a few things to finish up. No, no big I deal. Have this. Let me help you. No. Uh, 
detected. I'm not a boss, Jackie. I thought I was queen. Luther really wants to keep track of you. Why's that, Jackie? This is a bad guy. He's killed five so far. I want him. I'm telling you, I can't go out there. I can't go out! the most 1984 trailer ever all right man so runaway written and directed by michael crichton of course everyone knows michael crichton as a writer of such things as jurassic park and well runaway uh (laughs) but he did (laughs) he did do some directing and his big screen directorial debut was westworld yeah i like westworld the the, this the movie, not the TV show that's on right now. I haven't watched that. I watched the first episode and Cyclops was walking around in the Wild West and it was a little weird and I didn't watch any after that. Okay. It was it was all right. I've heard I've weird. heard good things of it, but no, this is yeah. the this is also one of those VHS covers you always remember. It was the Yul was it Yul Brenner? The Yul Brenner stand standing on the front of the cover and half of his face was like gone with the robots. Yes. Yeah. The, the face was being pulled open yeah. type of thing. Yeah. Well, that's like, uh, speaking of covers, the cover of this VHS has uh, Tom Selleck mm-hmm. in his robot zapping oh, body we'll, armor. We will have to describe that yeah, to people we, later. We will. And yes. his co-star, Cynthia Rhodes. But the thing that's really odd about this cover is Tom Selleck is holding gene simmons's rocket gun yeah not once does he touch that gun in this entire movie no and if you don't know what a rocket gun is we will tell you in a second what a rocket (laughs) charlie tell them what a rocket gun is oh so the rocket gun is a gun that's almost as big as robocop's gun (laughs) with a with like a huge rectangular brick mounted in front of the trigger and it shoots guided missiles miniature, miniature guided. guided missiles and and it tracks you by your unique body heat signature oh i love that i love the, how they explain because get, it, not only does it shoot miniature rockets they can go around corners they can <laughs> stop on a dime turn around and hit their target while it's yeah. moving down alleyways yeah yeah, so oh. so Gene Simmons' character uses a rocket-propelled pistol, and it's it's a it's a treat. All right, so Runaway had a budget of around eight million dollars, mm-hmm. and only made worldwide six million seven seventy 
587. So two million light, eh, million and a half light of what it should have made, uh, well, what they hoped it would have made anyway, to at least make their money back. They, and they, they uh, banked way too much money on that mustache. Uh, yeah, I you know we will talk about when we get to the next movie we're going to talk about where we think all the money went but in this one charlie it definitely didn't go to uh, special effects or the robot i mean those robots are all right i guess in 84 they're a little more sophisticated than what we see now but like a couple of robots were like rejects from battle bots and the other ones look like them little techno bug robot things you buy at target now the ones that, that do the jitterbug you ever the seen the ones things? that they oh, would yeah. jump around the one robot that i, I had that i was i love the most was the very first one that picked the caterpillars off of the plants <laughs> and jackie's like what what's going on they have these robots are taking caterpillars i said yeah but they're made in italy and she's like how do you know that i said look at its hand its hand was upwards <laughs> doing that italian you know, hey, hey. And how it's, are you doing? And that's how it's running, you know, running away in the field. And I'm like, see, it's Italian. It's just running away. <laughs> it's got the hand up in the hey, what's the matter with you, Italian hand signal that everyone would know, I, obviously. It, it yeah. Or well, if you see the thing, I'll I'll share it in the group. I'll put a picture of that robot yeah, running around. It's oh pretty Which, hilarious we're gonna it's, have to get there there's a whole thing with these robots i got we got to talk about in a second but, yeah. yeah so this movie tom Selleck and his mustache plays jack ramsey a cop that is now on the runaway squad and his job in the police department is to go after malfunctioning runaway robots it's it's a modern day 2000 what is it 2000 and it's 2009 2009 no 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 no, that's the other one that's free jack this is uh 1993 or four Uh, yeah some nonsense somewhere around there everyone has robots now to do domestic work so you have a bug picking robot you have a a domestic robot around the house to help you make dinner and tuck the kid into bed and and you have ones that um uh well do anything really that you can think of any kind of manual labor they thought it was the jetsons larger versions of the roomba you know, yeah, so sort of, yeah. not just vacuuming, they were doing everything in the house, which I'm just going to go ahead and say the the unsung hero in this movie is Lois, the robot that takes care of Tom Selleck's kid the entire freaking movie from yeah. making him dinner to tucking him in bed. This uh, was it Rosie from the Jetsons. That's uh, that's yeah, what Rosie's, this was in this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, her voice was done by Marilyn. Uh, was Marilyn Schreffler? Uh, Schreffler? Yeah, she was. She was in a Jaws of Revenge, The Golden Child, and a a few other things. That ex- the movie The Explorer. She did a voice there, so she's done a lot of voice acting. Mostly, uh, oh, she, she was in. A, she was in Remington Steel. That's... She was in an episode of Airwolf. Mm-hmm. There you go. So I like her. Uh, yeah, I know you do. So as Tom Selleck is going now and breaking in his new partner, Thompson played by Cynthia Rhodes, which you may know she was the original dance partner for uh, Patrick Swayze in, uh, in uh, Dirty Dancing, which never, was never, one, of, never saw it. one of your favorite movies, Charlie. Never and saw it. Um, they go around now and, and they hunt down these runaway robots. Well, they come to find out that these robots now are being programmed and modified to actually be killing machines they try to figure out who caused 
causes all of this and in the uh working on that they find out that it is by a gentleman named dr luther dr played played by gene simmons so he is a doctor not necessarily the doctor you would expect oh sir you're welcome so i wish you could see the joy uh, when Dan does the prep, when Charlie's not online. <laughs> oh, when you see the joy in Charlie's face as soon as I hit that. <laughs> so he plays Dr. Luther. <clears throat> Excuse me. I killed myself on that one. That was good. So he plays Dr. Luther, and he is basically uh, making these robots and these self-guided little rocket bullets so that he can sell them to the mob and the mafia and the hitman and terrorists and whoever he wants to because he wants whoever. to make a lot of money. Whoever pays the highest price, basically. Yeah, he don't care. All he wants to do is uh, make robots and um, be the demon. And uh, he gets his assistant to help him, Kirstie Alley, who plays Jackie Rogers. And she has a bunch of chips. Tom Selleck finds out it's her, keeps her around, uses her as bait to get to Luther. Luther kills her. He has to fight him. Luther gets Tom Selleck's kid. Uh, who's played by Joey Kramer, the kid from uh, Flight of the Navigator. Yep. And uh, they have to go fight Luther, save the kid in a big high-rise building. The whole time, Tom Selleck is super acrophobic, hates heights. So, of course, he's in a a high-rise building fighting, construction site building. Everything he has to do deals with heights, it seems like. He has to fly in a helicopter, uh, go up. Uh, another high-rise building that references the other high-rise building. Right. He just hates heights. Um, all here's here's my biggest interpretation for Tom Selleck's job in this movie. He's oh, geek, I love this. He, he's Geek Squad in 1984. Yes, he was. They are literally a a division of the police force that only handles what they call runaways, but it's. The first robot they fix is the caterpillar f- picking robot in this field. Mm-hmm. And there's like eight farmers hanging around waiting for him to get there for them to go turn it off. Right. So, uh, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. They're just sitting there going, hey, why don't you, and this is what you get paid for. Go get it for us, boy. You know, yeah. kind of thing. And But they own the robot because Tom Selleck questions them. Like, when was it serviced? When was, it needs to get worked on. So the <laughs> farmers own it. The farmers turned it on, but no, they have to fly the cops out to the field in a helicopter mm-hmm. to right. run. It's a hilarious whole entrance thing. I love this. It's like Looney Tunes almost with uh, chasing them through the uh, the for- cornfield. Yeah, yeah, the partner, her running around, all this other stuff. But and then later they get called to a high rise building with this robot carrying uh, mortar bags of concrete and dropping them from the 18th floor. And Tom Selleck's like, what, what's going on? She goes, it's stacking in the wrong place. He goes, we'll go turn it off. She goes, our insurance doesn't cover it. That's what you're here for. And I'm like, this dude's geek squad. He's just missing the van. <laughs> he really is. So next time you have a problem with your iPhone, just call the cops. They're coming out and fix call it. The cop- no they problem. have a whole division. That's That's their job. Well, back at base, he's got Stan Shaw playing Marvin, who's like the tech guy working on it. You may know him from uh, Daylight, Monster Squad. Uh, he was in uh, uh, Harlem Nights. Yeah. 
a lot of things. And of course, their chief, who's played by G.W. Bailey, most notably known as Lieutenant Harris from Police Academy, yes. Scroder from Short Circuit, and Felix from Mannequin. No, this is Police Academy all over. Other than yeah. he's not being funny, he's yelling at Tom Selleck and his mustache. The, the whole thing in this movie is his name's Jack Ramsey, and I swear to God, they say Ramsey 50 plus times in this oh, movie. Oh, at least. It's at least. Constant. Ramsey, Ramsey. The, like, Tom Selleck is trying to solve all these things. He's like the baddest dude in the geek squad, and his <laughs> chief is riding yeah. his ass constantly. Like, there's a bullet, an exploding projectile bullet in his partner's arm, but the chief is wanting to, you know, Get, figure out what Tom Selleck's problem is. Like, what's your problem? Why'd you let all this happen? I'm like, there was 15 other cops there. Why is it Tom Selleck's fault? Because he's the sergeant. He's Sergeant Geek Squad. Of Geek Squad. There's literally three people in his division. And that's when we hear a word that we don't use on the podcast. No. But it wasn't Tom Selleck who said it. It was Tom Selleck's mustache. <laughs> That's what it was. They flipped a switch and Tom Selleck's mustache drops the F bomb. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I grew up watching Magnum PI and all this. I mean, Tom Selleck is a household name. You know, it's a fixture growing up in the eighties and you, I heard him drop the F bomb and I'm like that, that took, that took my breath away a little bit. I'm like, I, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel right now. Cause he was on murder. She wrote one time for a big crossover event and mm -hmm. Angela Lansbury doesn't stand for that garbage. And she'd, she'd be like, Holy crap, Magnum. What's wrong with you? <laughs> Mrs. Po Mrs. Potts would have been pissed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So this being a um, the one thing that, like I said, we, we talked about this being a crossover because Gene Simmons is in this as the rock icon in this particular movie. Now, Gene has been in a few movies, obviously, but most of them had been like Detroit Rock City because he was Kiss. Well, he's like at the <laughs> tail end of that with the concert. He's like he produced it, but he really wasn't in it. The only movie no. he was in before this was Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park or something like that in 1978. This uh, yeah, is like it, his it's... first big role. And yeah, and again, he was the demon in it. Yeah, he was the demon in that. He's not the demon in this. Like, no. Jackie kept watching this going, I know that's Gene Simmons. It doesn't mm -hmm. look like Gene Simmons because this is no makeup. His hair's not poofed up like, you know, it was in on concerts and stuff. Correct. Um, and he just, he, he nails this role though. He has this look about him, this mannerism that he's doing. I loved him in this, but yeah, it's, this is like when Kiss took the makeup off and you right. had to look at Paul Stanley and Gene and all these guys <laughs> with no makeup on going. Wow, really? They're just some dudes from New York, man. You know, that's that's it. Yeah, exactly. So, like, he did this, and then he did, like, an episode of um, uh, The Hitchhiker. He was in Trick or Treat. Yeah, um, he was a Trick or Treat. We should have done know, that on the horror show. I'm kicking myself for not doing that. You should have done that. What's wrong with you? Uh, a lot. You know, well, well, yeah, that's true. So, you know, he's done a few things, obviously, but, like, this was his first big film role. And uh, I'll play a little clip from an interview from back then, actually, about it. Um, and, uh, you know, Gene is 
those that know who Gene Simmons are, knows Kiss, and knows a little bit more about Gene and them, you kind of get an idea of how Gene operates. He was raised by his mother, a very proper kind of upbringing and, and education and things like that. So he's, you know, you kind of get that with this interview. It's, it cracks me up a little bit. At one point, Tom and I were facing off each other, not saying very much, just sort of, uh, and then at a certain point, I point my gun at him and I say, all right, drop it, you, you know, stuff you can't say on television. And afterwards, I went over and I apologized. I said, look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that stuff, but we, we had a little bit of free reign in coming up with our own lines. And I was a little bit rude, and I said, oh, look, I'm really sorry. He said, hey, don't worry about it. If that's what your instinct tells you to do, you know, go with it, because it's probably right. <laughs> he yeah. was apologizing for being rude mm-hmm. as a character on this. That's how Gene kind of is. I mean, he just, you know, he has a proper upbringing by his mother, and, and he apologized for it, which cracks me up, kind of. But you, like you said, in this movie, he is a particular character. Yes. And he's creepy as hell looking. He's pretty sinister looking. Um, there were comments we read made where security was like, you got to get this guy off the set. If He's the kind of guy that if you shook his hand, you'd be missing two fingers when you pulled it yeah. back. Like he would, they thought he was a slime ball. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect. That's exactly what you wanted for this movie. And it's, he doesn't have a whole lot of lines in this. A lot of it is just menacing stare. You know, and, oh yeah, he gets worked. a stare down and exploding missile bullet gun. You know, yeah, that helps. Well, well, when you take an uh, explosive bullet missile gun to the back, Medic! there's not much you can do at that point. You're 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 down for the count. And Tom Selleck had to be a medic in one scene because, for whatever reason, when right. the partner got shot, you know, everyone else explodes with this like sparkler effect, but she got shot in the arm. And it didn't explode, and so Tom Selleck has to perform surgery right there to pull it out of her arm because they have these clunky bomb disposal-looking robots that they were going to use to take this out of her arm. Yeah. That's when we get the f bomb from uh, Tom Selleck. Right, and that and, uh, if dude, remember the technology of the robots we had in the eighties? Come on, man! I would have rather had you pulled out of my arm than a robot too. I would have used the little robot we had that Nintendo tried to sell us there for a little while. Robbie? Robbie, that would just move its arm up and down. I would just bring Robbie in on a little tray and hold him while he took the bullet out of your arm. That's and just what move I would the do. gyros back and forth. That's it, man. Because <laughs> other than that, it would be Teddy Ruxpin doing, I'd put a medical cassette tape inside of him and just let him talk me through <laughs> yeah he and now my friend grubby will put you under with anesthesia yeah it'd be great somebody go give me an iron maiden tape right now uh, oh no oh, no see that's what we need we need to tell you rocks and put an iron maiden tape in it and see what happens <laughs> that'd be awesome as he's he's in there and he's he's, he's the mustache throws out the f-bomb he tells everyone please please I didn't realize how I was setting you up for that. Well, thank you. Uh, and he, yeah, at that point, he he pulls it out of her arm and then throws it behind him into the bar and it blows up. Goes, what was up with that? Like, Man, yanked it out of her arm and just like, you know how, you know, when you would toss salt over your shoulder if you spilt a little of that old wives tale? Quick. Yeah. He just tossed that exploding bullet behind his yeah, head. Yeah, very, very, very. Yoink! <laughs> oh, it was. It was cheek. 
there it went. This so it, it's it's wild. This movie's supposed to be in the future, but everything's modern technology, like modern cars, modern helicopter, modern everything except high tech robots, which are they're they're dog shit, honestly. But but the there were some one cool, cool thing, things. There, there was okay. So the cool thing was as they're they're they've got Kirstie Alley with them, and Luther's trying to get to her, and they're driving cars. They have a robot. It's a dummy driving one police car while Tom Selleck's in the back with Kirstie Alley and it, it Cynthia Rhodes is, Cab. it was not Johnny Cab. It was, it was a piece <laughs> of shit Cab. And then, and the other police car is his partner, Thompson. She's driving one and these people are chasing them down and letting these little remote control homing explosive car things, chase them down the highway and try to blow them up. And then they all of a sudden have, uh, deflector screen computer onboard Star Trek computer, uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield oh. internal computers on these these cars now all of a sudden tracking these these vices. All the windows, the back all window, the, windows. the side window. They were like, yeah. Little, you remember when they were trying to locate the Death Star on Return <laughs> of the Jedi, and yeah. so they would show like how it was getting closer. Like That's what this look. Yeah, this grid form over top of them sitting in the middle of this car and they're like, we got one right behind us. Okay. That's not as insane as what I'm getting ready to tell you. Oh, Their plan dude. is Cynthia's in the other car with a laser that pops up out of the top and it's her I'll job. Let... <laughs> By the way, that little laser looked like the little laser out of the back of the doom buggies on Megaforce, which that's going to come up later in this episode too. But That's my boy. This uh, this laser pops up, and she has to explode the little bomb car, <laughs> the little uh, bombs, as they wow. race towards Tom Selleck, and she's shooting them on a busy highway as they're driving side by side. Yeah. And it's like all it kept doing was cutting to this guy that had a floor hole cut out of his car. <laughs> you didn't see him, and he yeah, would just like, drop one, and then drop cut one. out the floorboard like the Flintstones. <laughs> And he would just, and that every time they blew one up, drop another. I'm like, how many does this dude have in the back seat? Cause there's like six on screen at one time. Yeah. yeah and then the was, most incredible, oh incredible stunt. I was not expecting Tom Selleck, which obviously it was a stunt Gordon stunt guy had to cross from car to car spread Eagle as he tried yeah. to lift one yeah. leg from because the doors are open, not like closer. They're like door length to door length away apart. And he spread Eagle across, takes him a second, and then looks at Christy Alley and goes, jump. She looks at him and goes, have you lost no. your damn mind? I'm <laughs> not like, doing no. it. Yeah. I was going to say I, something else. I had to censor myself. There. Yeah. No, I no, did but, see that that was a that was a stunt double, but it was Tom Selleck's real mustache. It actually crawled off his face onto the stunt double to make the. He's certified. That's the safety yes. thing. You have to have the mustache. The and mustache. So, these little things you find out are tracking them. So, Kirstie Alley. I have to remember it's Kirstie Alley, not Christie Alley, because yeah, yeah, I've Kirstie I've heard Alley. interviews that irritates her. Um, <laughs> what, but, what is she going to do? Listen to this show, get pissed off, and call us? You don't know, maybe. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Christy. Call me. Stop it. Do it, Savage. So anyway, so, yeah, there you go. Star Trek reference. Again, that's like the third time in a row now. But uh, she's, like, been bugged. But before this happened, they put her in this big machine to find all the bugs. 
Yeah. And it's like inner blouse, inner bra, inner uh, skirt, inner shoe. Well, Ramsey's going through her purse. That's where the last bug is. And I'm like, you literally have a machine that points out the bug. Put the purse in the machine. No, he did it by hand. And that's where the yeah. last bug was. It's, of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think they did it to try to kind of get them off their, their track, but I, it, I'm i reaching. I mean, that's that's the best I can do with that one, man, is that that was the case. But it's funny because, like you said, it's supposed to be futuristic enough that robots do domestic chores now. Yeah. But yet the most sophisticated outfit and technological oh tool that they can give Geek Squad Tom Selleck is the what do they call it the the shock dispersion armor vest or some nonsense they have some name for it but it's a shark bite suit he wears chainmail a chainmail top and then gets Hats. roller derby pads yeah. to go on his forearms his biceps, his knees, so on and so forth. And then like a regular bulletproof vest to put on top of all this crap. And then he gets a little belt mounted laser zapper gun that goes yeah. beep, 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 beep when he shoots it. And he's going to use that laser zapper gun to go after the robot instead of just the nine millimeter he had on his hip to begin with. I'd have just shot the damn thing with hard rounds. Or the one that he smashes to death with a chair. When he oh, saves yeah, Kirstie Alley. Yeah, let's not forget that. He beat the show with a chair, and the security guard was mad at him for that. That was a good one, yes. No, the best robot's the one that's running around with a three fifty seven Magnum, though. At the beginning, the beginning, yeah. beginning of the movie. And he's like, what kind of upgrades did you give that robot? Uh, yeah, that's the, one he, that's the one he had to go zap, 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 zap with the zappy gun and, and get or whatever. <laughs> so it's hilarious. By the way, I just want to let you know, the guy that played the, uh, the security guard, was Data's dad in Goonies. Oh, was it? That's why yeah. he looked familiar. Yeah, yeah, he's he, like, you didn't have to smash that thing. And he goes, maybe I should go back through your maintenance reports and we'll see who's at fault. And I was like, yeah, like he wow. would be a badass about it. It's like, <laughs> settle down, Tom. You and your mustache need to back off a little bit. All right. This uh, guy don't know anything about nothing. So but uh, there were things like I did like the drone design because that's not terribly far off from what Not, we have now no it, it really wasn't they had little earpiece communicators yeah well did you notice because there's a whole scene where they bust in on um gene simmons doing like yeah the the deal did you see how he turned on the drone the one that shoots the gas out did you catch that no 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 what do you do with that one? so he when they have the guns pulled on him you know tom Selleck and his partner have him surrounded everyone's right. got their hands up he looks up at the ceiling and blinks twice, like deliberately goes, you know, one, two, and it drops down from the ceiling. Oh, that's cool. I they didn't don't even that. pull yeah. out, but I was like, that's awesome. Like that's, he had that plan that if, you know, a contingency plan, all yeah. I got to blink and this thing would drop down, throw a smoke bomb and he's got cover. I was like, that he, was he's a, like Batman. Yeah. Ninja smoke. And he's out of there. That, yeah. That was, you know, I've been to a kiss show. There's a lot of smoke and flame. So, you know, he was right. yeah. he's like, I got this. He goes, Can I breathe fly a fire? And they go, No, but you get a missile that comes out of a gun. And he's like, sold. He blinked twice. It comes down, you get smoke, you get 
tonight. He actually did. We got. I got to figure out how to do edits because we should play that scene, and then as the smoke goes, it turns into a kiss video. Exactly, and it's yeah, it also into, the one time he says domino. He says kiss in the movie. It's like something like kiss my ass or something, and I just yelled out. He said it. He said kiss. And Jackie's like, you, you're so stupid. What's wrong with he you? He said the thing. <laughs> he said the thing. He went, kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That'd have been awesome. Uh, that movie would have got Peter higher Chris. ratings if that had actually happened. They should have had Peter Chris in this and he shot him or something. That would have been Oh, great. that would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I'll tell you, oh, like, so, yeah. so let, let's listen. <laughs> let's let's kind of talk real quick about yeah our likes and maybe dislikes so i i, I right. did like there's a lot of like to this movie the dislikes were the yeah. things that kind of took me out of it um the likes were i i actually appreciated the robot designs because i am like this was done in 1984 some thought was into the designs like lois was even cool looking you know she was kind of you know probably three not, foot yeah. tall she had all yeah. the you know the things that she would need to take care of the house she looked a little bit like the robot from revenge of the nerds she did that's where yeah. you know it had all the little blinky lights and everything that would go around and the the tape deck reels the reel to reel stuff you would see uh, yep. i like that stuff i i did like uh, who can't like tom Selleck? tom Selleck and his mustache gene simmons is awesome bad guy i wish he'd have done it more yeah the, i i did too actually the dislikes with this movie was as i was watching it i kept getting this feeling of this could have easily been a made for tv miniseries had they dropped the language a little bit because there's not much violence i mean even you know when no someone lot. dies it was just a little poof one guy burst into flames but it was kind of semi off camera. You know, the guy in the locker room. Oh yeah. Gene yeah. does the deal. Um, one of the, one of the, uh, one of the texts that actually made the chip yeah, for Gene. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, kept going like, man, this just, this could easily have been a made for television. It, it tried so hard to be R rated and it just never felt like an R rated movie. Uh, you know, Tom Selleck dropped the F bomb, you know, that the body. Yeah, cat- I think Gene did too. Didn't he once? I think one time he does. Yeah. Now, when he kills Kirstie Alley, that was freaking cold. Yeah, he stabbed her right in the back of the head. Right, right in the through spinal. the back of the yeah. neck up into yeah. Yeah, he like pikes her basically. You know, he piked her right in the back of the head, and I was like, okay, that was pretty flipping cold. I was like halfway impressed with they went that far after seeing this movie. And then there's things that date this movie. The music dates this movie very synth heavy yeah super synth heavy the it's totally the 80s you know thompson's running around with like blue eyeliner around her eyes yeah um one of the things hair i i didn't get her character and i couldn't really connect with her because she's like just thrown into this department she's made comments like oh i used to work construction i used to do this and then she was questioning like heavily the other partner of tom Selleck, like well why is he here well what made him stop being in the field why did that make him do this and she i was like what what's it to you what that and it doesn't ever come back up he it, showed it was, up shut the hell up lady <laughs> but it's not like it was a running theme it was just no. she does it and then all and then all of a sudden they're in a a, a love interest and at the end 
I was telling Jackie, I said, they can't do that because that's interdepartmental relationships and IA is going to have a fit because they're making out at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know, the thing is, and again, I, I know it's dated. It's 80. She's in a, a police woman's skirt and she commented, she was like, I was in traffic. So she was, they were like, oh, she's the meter maid. She's the traffic cop girl. And she's yeah. in the skirt. And I'm like, okay, if you're standing there directing traffic or giving out tickets and it's the eighties and your skirt, okay, fine, whatever. But now she's climbing up scaffolding and going up an elevator and everything else. And it's like, you're going to see everything that the, the, the good Lord gave her. If you don't put her in some, some britches there pretty soon. Right. And it's just, it was kind of weird. She, yeah, she used to be, she was going to be a dancer and she did construction and she was going to be a computer programmer. And now she was in a traffic cop and now she's yeah. a runaway cop. It's like, it's like, were you just so damned annoying that every job you had, someone would just push you to the next apartment or something? What the hell happened? Yeah. It was kind of like, and there was like, there's no way you made it through Academy or anything like that to get into the police force. She, I, and I didn't not like her. I mean, she fit the character they were doing. It, it was fine. But also, I was like, you didn't really need her. You had Kirstie Alley. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. it was it was just a little odd. I, I, I ding it a little bit for that. But overall. She definitely wasn't it was, no Lois from, uh, from RoboCop. No, no. She was not Lois from RoboCop. I mean, at least she had, she's kind of a badass chick. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I gave her credit. She did take off running through the cornfield to go after the Italian caterpillar catcher. <laughs> Lifted up overhead and went, and started shocking her. And she had to like, that oh, was, yeah. that was, that was the whole Bugs Bunny thing. And then it blows up and her face has all the soot and smoke. She's wearing goggles yeah. and everything. Yeah. There, there's, there's enough. This, this wasn't trying to be funny when it didn't need to be, but then it did. But there's have some cheese. Some, there's some cheese. There's some levity to it. Um, you believe that he was a, a good dad just trying to, you know, yep. raise his kid with the help of Lois. Um, I liked this movie. I think everyone should watch this movie. There's just the next one we're going to talk about is my favorite personally. So we'll just leave me at that. So what I liked about this movie is Tom Selleck and his mustache. Uh, I liked seeing like GW Bailey in it and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. Okay, good. Yeah. But a lot of the other actors and actresses in this, I guess right now you should just say actor. I'm not real sure. But anyway, a lot of the other actors in this weren't great. They no. were okay. They were fine. His partner, eh, not great. But, and then Tom Selleck would be standing there acting his ass off. Yes. So it seemed a little, it seemed a little bit like he lost a bet and had to do this win or something, you know, um, was the feel like, you know, Gene did a fantastic job for what he was supposed to do in this. He didn't do too much. He didn't try to, to do more than what he could, he was capable of doing. And I thought that was really good. Um, again, I, you know, me being born in 76, I did see this one when I was younger. So there is a nostalgia feel for it. So I liked it, but mostly I like it because, you know, Gene Simmons is in it and he plays a real creepy dude. Tom Selleck does a really good job in his role. If you've seen Blue Bloods and kind of that same, he kind of had the same vibe yes, as yes. his character in Blue Bloods. So I really kind of dug that. What I didn't like about this is kind of, again, A, 
the the chain mail uh, you know lacrosse pad zappy gun thing was kind of dumb yeah b they're going to send one guy in to go after this robot come on and to save this kid no they're going to send in a, a, a team to oh, do that's, it there's one more thing that irritates me you keep um, going but i want to bring something else and up. and one of the things that bugged me about this movie is i'm very acrophobic i also am arachnophobic <laughs> this movie has spider robots and it's up in the air a lot and i'm not even joking when i'm telling you i'm watching this movie feeling uncomfortable looking at the, tom Selleck did a great job of being really put off and afraid of heights when he needed to be plus with the camera work they did that was, shot really pretty good i was gonna say um, it looked like they borrowed heavily from vertigo the movie that yes. they did for that yeah so and they had she a even lot mentions of vertigo to him so yeah, yeah. Th- that actually made me feel uncomfortable enough to where i went i don't like this but again I kind of liked it because it made it work, you know what I mean? Kind of thing. So yeah, yes, the, the soundtrack's very dated, um, but there's other movies where it has dated soundtracks too, like Tron, for example, dated soundtrack, obviously, but works Tron top 50 favorite movies for me. If you don't like yeah. Tron, I'll punch you in your face. Mm-hmm. Love Tron. So dated soundtrack will still work, but this one just seemed a little, this one just cheesy. got real cheesy and heavy. A little cheesy. Yeah, yeah. like they did yeah. too much. So two things that you just reminded me about that I wanted to bring up to the, my negatives. Number one is there is this reporter following all of these oh, like yes, things running you. around. Like anytime a robot went bonkers and the cops got called, she was there. It's like the people have a right to know. Well, she sends her cameraman into the first uh entered in, in you know uh thing with the robot with the gun yes and dude gets yep. blown away so camera guy is dead she's at the very next one where they bust gene simmons with a new camera person doing the exact same thing i'm like there's no way you'd still be a, a reporter you just got your cameraman killed and that was your call you know the only person that has a worse gig than that is the drummers for spinal tap yeah no, it's, and then that was dumb. number two, dumb as hell. and I was telling Dan about this at the, at the beginning of the show before we started recording, Ramsey fights Luther and it's kind of cool. Well, he, Ramsey runs to the elevator in this high rise. They're like, I don't know how many floors up, but a lot. Yeah, a billion, and yeah. yeah, so he inadvertently makes it go up to the tippy top. No more floors. Well, I think I think Luther had it rigged to do that. Though. I don't I don't know if he did because remember it's supposed to if as soon as you go down the spiders will kill you. Yeah, but he hit the down button a few times and it didn't work. So I think Luther had it rigged. He had to go, he had to go under it and hit the button to like change it or reset. And that doesn't help this any more than it than what I'm getting ready to say no, is. So for the but... for the next what would you say ten minutes? Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Five ten somewhere in that range. He is. A... He fights the robots. He is a dealing with his acrophobia because yep. he's super high and he has to hit a reset button on the bottom of the elevator. Uh, three robot spiders have jumped onto the thing when it went down the first time. So he's fighting them, gets sprayed in the face with acid, crawls under the twice. elevator twice, zaps one off, knocks another one off, but he wins, hits the reset button, crawls back up, Hits the down button, 
Luther's still standing at the floor where they fought originally waiting on him. <laughs> yeah, and it stops there. And it stops there. Ten minutes. I'm not joking. <laughs> Ten minutes of this movie. Yeah. Not movie time. Movie watching. Gene Simmons, I swear, is probably just standing there with his foot tapping. Like, it's taking this guy forever to hit that red button. Because uh, you know what? Say the spiders won. How was Luther getting off the building? No one was there to hit the reset button on the elevator. Well, he would have just he would have just pulled the wings out from behind him and flew away as the he demon. No problem. It would have been demon. fine. The yeah, the the, the, uh, the thunder and he would have just whoosh out of the, here. The go go boots of dragon skulls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Gone. I would I would have improved the score of this movie so much. Yeah. Uh, but and, no, you know, those were two Kiss, more that you Kiss reminded didn't do. Kiss did not do a song for this. I think Whitesnake did or something. No, yeah. So, I mean, he didn't. They were actually. Scorpions, maybe? Something um, crappy. They were in the middle of production of Animal Eyes. So Gene had to leave Paul Stanley in charge of producing that album while he did this movie. So, I mean, if you know the history of Kiss, that's how serious Gene was taking this acting thing. For him to turn the reins over to Paul on kiss that i mean that's his that's his baby that's his money maker he was taking this serious to this movie and you know i can appreciate that i mean animal eyes isn't the greatest album that kiss ever did anyway but a couple good ones on there well i don't think was, was peter chris with him at that point uh let's see animal eyes might have been kulik and singer okay so at least he didn't have to worry about peter chris maybe like, not saying might have been Carr. There, there's two eric's there was eric Carr and eric singer and i get them mixed up sometimes peter chris may have been the janitor at that point everybody's got to pick on peter no one wants to be the cat not even peter not even peter. uh so charlie do you want to do you want to wait and do our body count and ali yongs until the end of the show for I, I both of them what, together i think what we should do is we should do the body count with the movie but let's hold okay. our ali yongs till the end and do both at the same time you want okay so you want to do the body count now yeah let's because we're talking about the movie and the kills let's keep the body count with the movie all right let's see here let me hit that button there go over here hit this button yeah Charlie, then what is the body count of Runaway? So this is one of the few movies I've had to go back and count on my own because it's nowhere on the internet. No one's bothered to count this this movie. Well, so yeah, yeah. I can kind of see that actually, yeah. And again, another reason why I think this could have been a made-for-TV movie is 12. 12 people die in this movie. It, it it was almost more of a I don't even say it was a mystery really but it was thriller yeah it, I guess thriller thriller yeah yeah well Michael Crichton I mean Michael Jackson wasn't in it but yeah it was kind of a thriller no, but I mean you know Michael Crichton does do that type of storytelling sometimes right you know so it's not like it was explosions and guns twenty four seven except there was a gun that shot explosions but uh no it's, there's there are uh there was uh 12 people that bit the dust in this movie 
All right, so 12 people bit the dust in this movie, and I'm, we're, let's bite the dust of this segment, Charlie. I, I, we'll revisit it when we do the Aliong bits at yeah. the end. But for now, let's take a commercial and come back. Uh, Pete, you're not the only one to have a beverage while you do your podcast. But we're going to take a break. I'm going to pour this in a glass. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Free Jack here on Give Me Back My Action Movies. Welcome to the Monster Movie Stomp Down, where twice a month we review monster movies from all corners of the planet. Join me, Sludge. And I was, went to watch it the other night, and she's like, why are you watching this? You can quote this movie line for line. That's very accurate. My co-host, Mark. Don't ask me to do a stomp down on this, because it's zero. <laughs> okay, dude. Ruben, what's your stomp down rate? And our brother from Texas, Ruben. It's just, I'm like, wait a minute, they tricked me into watching this. <laughs> yeah, that's what I felt like. As we give you the history, our review, and the stomp-down rating of some of the best and worst monster movies around. Available through the Podbean app, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Amazon. Make sure and check us out on Facebook and Instagram. Just how drunk are we gonna get? Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Tell more crates. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest boner. And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. As we drag Kathleen. Hear me. Kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Here the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his times in the territories with PG-13 to his times in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major podcast formats. All right, welcome back to another episode of Give Me Back My Action Movies, the podcast. The double the feature special. The double feature special. By the way, Pete, if you're curious, that's a uh, Pog White Raj from uh, IPA from um, Brew Kettle, by the way, if you're curious. And Charlie. if you're curious, mine is a uh, delightful A&W cream soda, uh, vintage recent. Um, What's the ABV on that? Uh, the ABV is no caffeine. Oh, um, no, very uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. The next movie we're going to be talking about in the double feature is going to be the movie Free Jack. Yes. Uh, and Free Jack trailer sounds like this. Alex Furlong is about to die. the year 2009. 
immortality is only a heartbeat away where money can buy anything. Shouldn't you consider an alternative body? Sorry to deceive you. Including life itself. Why me? Why don't they just grab somebody who's alive now? Take a look at these people, Alex. They've lived half their lives with no ozone layer. Tell me who's behind all this. I'm sorry. I can't tell you that. Someone paid to bring him back. I watched you die. Welcome to my mind. Don't resist. Lose your mind. And you can live forever. Free Jack. Charlie, do you want to do the do you want to do the synopsis in this one? I can do it I can, because basically the trailer just gave you ninety percent of the synopsis. So yeah. basically, in the future, they have figured out. Wait, wait, why do we even do synopsis after we play the trailers? <laughs> because sometimes, like the last movie, me and Nate did, there's not even any dialogue in the trailer. Uh, that's a good point. Okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. One. So, and I, let's go ahead and say that at least this one already gets high marks against runaway because we had trailer movie trailer guy and you know actual sounds from the movie that that makes sense but no this is uh this is set in 2009 uh they have figured out how to and i'm gonna say time travel but it's not like they're going back in the past they are grabbing people at the moment of death if you have enough money you can transfer your consciousness into a new body because essentially that person's dead. So you're not messing with anything. And so Emilio Estevez is an IndyCar driver that uh, the the movie starts pretty straight off. You're watching Mick Jagger, who's part of the Bone Jackers, uh, Vicendic, who uh, isn't. Yeah, it's great. So we watched them, you know, basically typing in these coordinates and they're watching what we're watching happen with Emilio Estevez because he's about to die. The car wreck is about to happen and he gone. So they zap him out of there. Someone's bought his body to put their brain into. You find out there's this whole big, uh, what did they call it? The spiritual switchboard. Spiritual switchboard. Yep. I was like, that was creative. Um, and so he gets transported. It was, it's 18 years total. So what was that? 1991 is what he was from uh, with Rene Russo and he gets, yeah. he gets pulled into 2009. So everyone technically is still alive. Rene Russo is still alive. His mm-hmm. agent with the racing and we get thrown into this futuristic world. He kind of comes to, so what we, what we're led to believe is there, when they get zapped back, they're supposed to be like this husk. Like the consciousness isn't there anymore. They're just alive. Well, he comes to things go awry. He gets away and they have a name. It's happened enough. They have a name for it. He's called a free Jack. And so we follow Emilio Estevez as he tries to piece together a who, who did this to him, what's going on around him. And he finds out that his girlfriend played by Rene Russo is still alive. 
He goes out to find her all the while Mick Jagger is chasing him relentlessly through this movie. And we'll, we'll get to the climax yeah. as we talk yeah. about it, but that's, that's the basic gist of this movie. It's time travel. Free Jack, uh, budget $30 million only made a little over 17. Ooh. So this movie made Charlie, what do we like to call this? It made less than Dick. It made less than Dick. It was real bad. 30 million. There was no amount of Emilio that was going to save this. (laughs) 30 million went in. We we talked about where did the 30 million go? A, actors. Oh, actors. B, vehicles. Oh, my God. Okay, so we're going to get to a little bit more, but they made so many futuristic vehicles for this movie. I'm like, someone went nuts with the vehicle budget. They're like, how much we got? What can, we're going to make the work. You remember in, uh, what was it? Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 when uh, Star-Lord figures out that he's a god and he's yeah. like, you can make anything. And he goes, I'm going to make some really weird shit. That was the guy <laughs> that designed some of the vehicles for yeah. this movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, of course, the the through line between these two movies is rock icons. Yes. And the first and foremost biggest rock icon in this movie, you know, Mick Jagger, obviously of the Stones. Yes. Bet you thought I was going to play Paint of Black, didn't you? No, I, I actually expected this movie. Did you? Or this song. Shelter? Yeah. yeah, I love Gimme Shelter. It's such a great song. So, uh, Gimme Shelter, they're, uh, of course, from the Rolling Stones. But Mick Jagger, not the only rock and roll musician in this movie oh really the other gentleman played his agent brad his name is david johansson he was the lead singer of the new york uh new york dolls who i actually saw a few years back about nine years ago and uh he also was better known as buster poindexter with the hit hot 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 Yep. which I do not have a clip of because it's, well, shit, shit, shit. <laughs> this, uh, but this movie, you know, it went, it, like I said, but Mick Jagger, not even the big name on this. Estevez, no. Russo, Anthony, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Sir, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Give the man the, what he's earned, his title. Um, Jonathan Banks. Where do you know Jonathan Banks from? Oh, I don't know. We just kind of talked about him in Beverly Hills Cop. You know, mm-hmm. also in the uh, Better Call Saul and the whole Breaking mm-hmm. Bad type things. Um, Correct. And still, we, let's see, he was, was he bald in this one or did he have some type of hair? Nah, already, he was pretty bald. I, he pretty he was already balding in this one. Yeah. So, And this wasn't far after Beverly Hills Cop. So I think no. they finally went, the curly hair got to go. Some um, of the other people in this one, uh, uh, Grand L. Bush, who Grand played L. the Bush. bodyguard. But he was the uh, bodyguard. Was in, uh, yep. What was he in? Uh, no, he no, was, I was going uh, to say Balrog Street Fighter, the movie. You can say Balrog, but I, I love pointing out that he was Agent Johnson in Die Hard with the two right. agents that were named Johnson. Uh, Little Johnson and Big Johnson. Who was Big Johnson? What was he in? Uh, you know, that's, that's that kind of guy where you like see his face and you're like, mm-hmm. I've seen him in a half a dozen movies. 
and you caught me off guard. I wasn't prepared for that one. Well, I'll let you think for I'll let you think for a second. That's because you're looking it up on IMDb right now. You no, actually, I do know. I I do know this. I was going to pull his name up. I don't remember, but he was the one Fratelli brother from. uh, That's right, in the Goonies. Goonies. Yeah, he was the other Fratelli. The other one. This one. Yeah, go ahead. uh, I like Frankie Faison, Mm -hmm. um, who was also in a movie with Emilio Estevez. They were both in Maximum Overdrive. That's right. He was also in uh, White Chicks. Yep, White Chicks. He was the chief. Do the right. Th- yep, he was Chief Elliot. Uh, do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the landlord in, in coming, uh, to coming to America. Yeah. And then so there's two more I want to point out. I don't know if you have them on your list, but um, we have a. I've got one, but go ahead. Uh, is it Amanda Plummer? It is Amanda Plummer. Okay, so she is uh, title as the nun, but more appropriately known in this movie as the gun-toting nun if you read stuff about her she is honey bunny from pulp fiction that's right and she's also the crazy sister uh what the hell is her name in that um she was the crazy sister and so i married an axe murderer oh that's right with uh the other michael Myers. myers Yes, with the other Michael Myers. Yes, that it's one. it's yes. still almost Halloween as we record this, so it's like yeah, the other other Michael Myers. The other uh, other, and then who is the other person you got? To, the to other point guy out? I wanted to point out was John Shea, who plays Morgan. He's the friend of Rene Russo. Well, I okay. was yep. watching this movie, and I'm like, I God, I, I know he that guy. Super familiar. Yeah, I know that guy. So I looked him up. He was Lex Luthor in the New Adventures of Lois and Clark. With Dean Kane okay. and Terry Hatcher, I'm like that. Yep. That's it, right there. I knew, I knew that guy because there was some other shows that I'm I've seen him, but I was like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've watched this guy a lot on something. And I was like, I've seen every, you know, Lois and Clark episode. I sure, love that. Yeah, yeah. That was that was my favorite Superman. Well, you're right. So you see these faces of this movie, and you go, okay, this is a, a decent, legit cast. This is not bad. Oh, it's solid cast. The director's name is Jeff Murphy. He did um, uh, he did a movie. He, well, his first one of his first big ones that you would know is Young Guns Two mm-hmm. with Emilio. Emilio Free Jack, obviously. Right after that, he also did Under Siege Two, Dark yep. Territory, Fortress Two, Reentry. I need to revisit those Fortress movies, man. The Christopher Lambert, man, they were good. I like Raid. Yeah, I like Raid. And the one he did early on, 1988, was one called Never Say Die. Now, the reason I bring that up is um, it has George Wendt in it, mm-hmm. who is Norm from Cheers. But more importantly, and more recently, uh, uh, a name that you may, and I'm going to sm- just slaughter this name. Okay. Uh, Tamura Morrison. Oh, to, the uh, Django Fett. Yeah. Yeah, Boba Fett, Django oh, Fett, Boba Boba Fett, Fett. Django Fett. All the he, played, he played all yeah. the clones. He played uh, yeah. Aquaman's dad in the Aquaman movie. Uh, you know, I haven't oh, seen yeah. that still, but it, I got I got HBO Max. I need to it's watch it. It's the better of all the DC movies, as far as I'm. Concerned. I I want to see. I also want to see the new Suicide Squad. Loved it. I I really dislike everything they've done with the Harley Quinn character, and I know she's a big part of it, but Not as I want to watch it. Good because I want to watch it because I love uh, Elba, Idris Elba, love him, and I want to see Cena's character. What is it, Guardian? Uh, so this character's uh, name, Peacemaker. Um, Peacemaker, because Peacemaker. he's getting his own. He's getting his own like HBO series. Yeah, 
So I want to see for those things. Uh, but like I said, I love uh, Elba. I love Especially it. after, dude, I watched uh, uh, um, Pacific Rim again. No, and watched, giant kaijus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I watched the first one and the second one, actually. But I I forgot Elba was in the first one. I, he's so good in that. Yeah, Idris Elba is fantastic. And, you know, he's also co-starred with one of two people that are in this movie. Go ahead. Sir Anthony Hopkins and Rene Russo. That's o- right. Odin and Frigga. That's right, because uh, he's Heimdall. He is Heimdall, and and of course in uh, in Pacific Rim, you have Heimdall in the same movie as Hellboy. Yes, Ron Perlman. I know, right? So, uh, anyway, so we tangent. digress a little bit. All right, let's 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 <laughs> jump you know me, into I go this. On no, we're fine. Let's let, let's jump into this movie because uh, this uh, this one's my favorite of the two. This was also right. the one. I had seen the furthest away. So I swear it was the 90s VHS era. Makes the sense. last time I cool watched VHS, it. Again, cool VHS uh, uh, cover. Cover. It had like all, they tried to get all the characters on there. It's very futuristic looking. I mean, this was also right around the height of Emilio Estevez, you know, best known for the young gun stuff. And, you know, as a kid, we all loved, even though Maximum Overdrive is not Stephen King's favorite, I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. this movie Mighty had Ducks. Every, Mighty Ducks. I mean, Emilio, he's Emilio. So, so this movie is sandwiched between Young Guns Two, Men at Work, then Free Jack, then Mighty Ducks. So you're right in the middle of his, and then upward. and then Loaded Weapon and another stakeout. We won't actually get into those. No, we got to do a whole episode on that one. So yeah, let's let's save that for later. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you hate me? I mean, this movie starts out with, uh, uh, you know, car racing, F one yeah. car racing, super fast, high adrenaline. He like gets launched in the air and explodes in one of the the spectator overpasses that go over top of the tracks on yeah, the road. Those course. should not be there. I I don't know what it is about you know NASCAR don't they have that. But he like touches tires with another driver and he launches, explodes. And obviously they zap him out at the exact moment. Mick Jagger's running around and like Russian APC vehicles surround. Goofy ass helmet on. Oh, you remember, have you ever seen the uh, 60s Star Trek helmet they sold that had the blue Spock helmet with the blue light? So. Paint that black. That's what Mick Jagger's running around with, basically. Now, the other Bone Jackers, their outfits, because I couldn't remember exactly when we first talked about this originally, their outfits are cool. The helmets almost looked like the helmets that the uh, Skeletor guards had in Master of the Universe. They were on the flying discs. They kind of look like that. Because we were talking earlier when we were picking this, we were like, oh, yeah, they wore, like, the baseball helmets, like, in Running Man. Right. And I was like, I think that's what, so when I saw these, I was like, Dude, those helmets are actually kind of badass. Yeah, like I said, I they were reminiscent to me of, especially the glider troops. In, yeah, the one uh, they had National the hovers Universe. when they went yep. through the portals. Um, and I totally. Oh no, I was gonna circle back to what we said earlier. You started uh, thinking about He Man, didn't you? I did. It's like, oh, no. <laughs> um, where we were talking about Which, the wait, wait, wait. By the way, the second trailer for the new He Man series. Oh my oh. god! <sighs> I can't kiss, wait. Baby. I can't wait. So uh, we were talking about the laser in Runaway that looked like the oh, Mega yeah. Force laser. 
Yep, well, that's yep. because in this movie, the Megaforce Jeep dune buggies are running <laughs> around all over the place. Uh, and I swear that's what they are. Filled and with so, bone jackers. Yeah, so let's talk about the vehicles for just a second. So we have the Russian APCs that are painted bright red, yep. purple. Or blue. Or blue. Or blue. There was like four. Yep. There was yep. a black and yellow one. And then there was a blue, then a purple, then a red. Uh, all of the little buggies, and I swear they got these guys at surplus because there's like 20 of them running around and they are wrecking them with wild abandonment. Oh, yeah. They were on uh, discount. Two or they three. They in the discount bin. Uh, Jeep willies, the old school, yep. like four banger Jeeps that can't get out of their own way running around. And Emilio does an entire car chase inside an S10 pickup truck with a giant liquid keg looking thing on chateau the, on the back carrying uh, champagne i have no idea what but it was a it was an 80s s10 because i had one and i'm yeah. like Ooh, you had a couple i'm gonna build the free jack wine delivery vehicle <laughs> and that's gonna be my replica car i want to build that's fine can we build one of the apcs too heck yeah because there's a miniature one the uh yeah, local down the road from you yeah you've seen it out the armory yeah no the <laughs> one that sat at the at the uh, garage going to lowe's they used to have it it was a oh. miniaturized one so it wasn't yeah. six wheel it was four wheel yeah yeah that's that's what i can get so they let the old man know that already knows where the tank is and they haven't ever took the motor out of it so engine, i know he's talked about that for years dad's on a thing he wants to get a unimog he's working on trying to get one of those right now <laughs> I've actually driven in one of those. Yep. So as we stay on the vehicle thing and where the budget went, not only did we have all of these for the bone jackers, the people of high society had the most absolute ridiculous looking limousine cars. Yeah. They look like those beetles that would drag that ball of dung behind them. So it was really big <laughs> in the back and small They're... in the front. They yeah. were very thorax, carapace, bug-looking. Yes, they were. And, and the driver, which was Grandel Bush, could either be in convertible mode while he was driving Miss Daisy, which was Renee Russo, because that's what I swear Jeez. he looked like that. Or it would bring the top over, and he had a cover. And inside this thing was like the Lazy Boy semi-circular Barca Lounger couch in white quilted tuck point everywhere on the inside of this thing i'm like there's your budget somebody let the vehicle department go nuts it was a lot nicer limo than what killian had in running man oh 10 times you could have fit three killians wide in well, this thing plus they also had like buses that were all futured up they had like little like motorcycle things that were all futured up they had did all you, kinds of did you see the, the thing, futuristic electric rickshaw but it had a stake bed yeah. in the back of it yeah, so it's it all future looking but they still had two by four stake bed carrying livestock in the back of it i'm yeah. like set design was cool it was totally like reminiscent of what you would see in the nineties. Like I was reminded of running man the whole time. Really. Sure. If you like saw outside of the playing field, this is kind of what I would think the world would look like. 
Yes. And, and then when you get to some of the crappier parts of New York, it was very much escape from New York kind of oh, vibe to portions of it. Too. There was like parts that felt totally like post-apocalypse. And we find out that like the ozone layer is gone. The river waterway is poison. Oh, yeah, um, toxic. Yeah. Like food's hard to co- come by. All this stuff. He tries to find refuge as he's hiding and he, he goes to a church, you know, sanctuary. And he's laying down at the altar, and this nun, you know, Amanda, Amanda Palmer, she mm-hmm. comes walking up, you know, in full habit, everything. And he's like, oh, I don't, this feels like a dream. I don't know what. And she whips a shotgun out on the dude and yeah, just starts yeah. yelling at him. And so, and she's, she's, she's nuts in this one. She's as nuts as she is as, as in uh, Pulp Fiction. You know, she just, <laughs> she gets slapped around and starts laughing at the dude when they're trying to find out where, Emilio Estevez took off and um it's wild. And then there's this there's this whole thing of um we don't know who bought him. We're, not, we're we don't know from the beginning who bought Emilio Estevez to put their mind into it. Right, right. Yeah. So and this was the other thing I wanted to point out because this is so eighties and I knew you would understand. When we first see him and he's got the big cloak on and it's it does the hologram of Emilio Estevez's face. Did that not look like, what was that uh, cartoon we would watch? It was Illusionaries, and then there was another one. Visionaries. Visionaries. That They had that cloaked-looking dude, yep. and behind it is the, the hologram face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's all I, I could I, picture when that part came on. I kind of imagined the ghost of Christmas future from Scrooged. Yeah, the, sort of. I mean, it was, take yeah. that Emperor Palpatine, but <laughs> yeah. instead of his real face, the hologram face that popped up when he was talking to Vader, and put that together. That's what we saw. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was the CG in this, and there was a lot of CG and green screen work in this. Uh, a lot of computer graphic yeah. type of stuff in this, especially and at it the was, end. Yeah, when they're in the 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 spiritual switchboard, the big uh the big jack at the top of the building. <laughs> If anyone has played, anyone played, remember Jacks as a kid, the little metal Jacks and a rubber ball, and you'd bounce and pick up one, bounce, pick up two, whatever. Uh, I'd use them as cow trops when I played G.I. Joe. Yeah. So um, they were barriers. They were perfect yeah, barriers. Yeah, absolutely. They were tank, uh, what, dragon's teeth, tank uh-huh. barriers. So the top of this gigantic building, the biggest building in New York City, um, is this big Jack. It's a yeah. Jack. It has four balls sticking out the end like an an- antenna. It was right. so ridiculous. Looking. And it sits up there and that's the spiritual switchboard that they, they mess with. And it's, it's pretty ridiculous. And apparently they can only hold uh, someone for 48 hours. Was it, it was 48. Cause when they get him, they only have like 36 hours to, to find him before the consciousness. Right. Is degraded. So right. there's this while, whole, while he's, while he's free jacking. Yeah. So there's this whole elaborate thing going on. Uh, it turns into like this corporate espionage thing. So we find out later it's Anthony Hopkins who is dead. He is uh, Odin. Or Odin. And Odin he Odin. is the boss of future Rene Russo. Pretty. And I, I do have to bring this up. So we're watching, we're getting ready to watch this movie. And Jackie's like, isn't Rene Russo like a lot older than Emilio Estevez in real life? And I look it up and it's like eight or nine years. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I know a few people that have that age difference but when 
he leapfrogs forward and she is as obviously aged. I'm like, that's why they did it. Yeah, it, it works. It does mm-hmm. work. She now does look older than him. And so and I was telling Jackie that she goes, okay, that now, now that does kind of make sense. Like they did plan that. Um, but Anthony Hopkins is her boss. He, you know, Milo Estevez is looking for her because, you know, it's the only thing he can find. So, and again, I'm not trying to go through the whole movie. I'm trying to, I'm, I no, want no, to get to, I want to get to, um, I forgot how to say his name. Vicendak. Mick oh, Jagger. Yes. Vicendak. Vicendak. The back and forth <laughs> of him and Emilio Estevez makes this entire movie what it is. It really does. You're not lying. The whole 100%. car chase, the whole car chase with the S10, and he's in an APC. So every vehicle, like it looks like, has a, a laptop, and he scanned this barcode on the back of the truck, and so he could talk to Emilio Estevez through this laptop. And Amelia, they're just bantering back and forth. Like Amelia would do something cool, and he'd be like, "What'd you think of that?" And you know, Mick Jagger's like, "Okay, that was actually kind of cool." And then he'd get mad, and uh, Amelia Estevez tried to slam the 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 cover of the laptop down, and it slowly raised back up. And the, the Mick Jagger's like, "So you thought you could get rid of me that easy, huh?" I'm dying. I'm <laughs> he dying. <slammed> <laughs> The best part is he slams it down. And he goes, "Oh no, I'm afraid of the dark." Oh, that's right. He talks while it's while it's down. <laughs> I, I'm losing it, and it's just this ridiculous S10 that gets cut in half because it goes under a tanker. So the whole like roof back part is gone, and he goes up a speed style bridge that's not finished. And Mick Jagger's like yelling at him, like, "Yo, this is it. You might as well pull over. Just stop." And then he gets ready, and then Emilio Estevez jumps out, <laughs> just jumps into the harbor. And he and pulls Mick, a Charlie Sheen. And Mick Jagger goes, if he drinks any of that water, I'm out all that money. <laughs> just like, he pulls a Charlie Sheen from Navy SEALs. From Navy SEALs. So he and his brother both do the same stunt. Essentially, they jump off the bridge out of a vehicle into the water. Uh, it's, do you think it's, about that? It is no, I didn't. But that—that's—that's that's this movie. It's so ridiculous. It's good. Yeah, and, it's and, it's it. Well, dude, that's not to mention the fact that Boone, the the bodyguard for Renee Russo's character, is walking around in a in a three piece suit with a little machine gun and a katana. A katana that looks like a paring knife with him holding it. Like it, it, it he's he's giant. The way they filmed him in this is yeah. he is like his chest all bust out and everything. And he ends up uh, bodyguarding Emilio Estevez. And he goes, I'm going to help you. And Emilio's like, why? He goes, because you're running around here and you're making all these rich people look stupid and it's all on TV and you're making my grandmama laugh. And I was yeah. like, really? And even Emilio yeah. Estevez is like, really? <laughs> He's like, just keep making her smile pretty fantastic he gets shot and the last words to emilio is keep my grandmother smiling that was his last thing he said he's the only person i've ever get seen in an action movie get shot in the shoulder and die from it right well okay he didn't well die from okay that. he was going to basically kind of he but yeah, played possum you. with a grenade as everyone come around yeah. uh, so we uh, as we get going there's this double cross with the vice president of the corporation of Anthony Hopkins, which is Jonathan Banks 
And so he's decided, well, if Anthony Hopkins can't transfer his consciousness, I get the company because he's dead. So right. he sends got another group of guys out to kill Emilio, not capture. So now you have Mick Jagger trying to capture another group of guys trying to kill him. Emilio trying to get away with uh, Grandel Bush running around protecting him. It's just this whole big conglomeration of people running around. One shooting stun tasers, the other one shooting bullets. And Mick Jagger just has this look of disgust 90% of the time during yeah. it all of he's like, He's like, I'm just trying to get a paycheck. This is horse crap. He's just That's so all. mad. It's- he's like, I just want to get paid. This is a lot of money. You know... So at the end of this, essentially, the whole thing comes out where it was Anthony Hopkins character and he wants to do this mental transfer with with uh, Emilio. And and it's because he's in love with Julie. Right. Yes. Yeah. Owens in in love with Owens in love with Frigga. And or is it Freya in the movies? It's Frigga. It's Frigga in the movie. Okay. I I didn't see him in a while. I can't remember. So. as they're doing the transfer, um, uh, Bush or not Bush, but um, um, uh, Jonathan Banks shows up, shoots the machine, and they're not sure if the transfer happened or not because it was happening, but they're not sure if it all happened yeah. or not. So Vicendex shows up, uh, Mick Jagger shows up with his bone jackers and stuff, and 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 he's got a gun on everybody, and and Banks is yelling, oh, "Shoot him!" And this is uh, I'm in charge, and he's like, "No, I'm a candlest, I'm in charge," and all this stuff. So he goes, all right, he goes, you need to give me your personal ID number then, and that's how we would know it's you. Yeah, so Emilio kind of comes to, yep. and yep. we're led to believe that that's Anthony Hopkins' consciousness got transferred. And the Sendak, the only way you could test it, because Emilio's consciousness should be gone. Does, you know, there's nothing left of him. So only No more Emilio. Only questions McCandless would know. So Mick Jagger asks, because everyone has a personal identification number that is only, only apparently, you know, and the, the handheld machine he's holding. Like a social, I guess. You're not supposed to tell people your social kind I, of. I guess that's except what it everyone is. Wants, except everyone wants your damn social now when you talk to them. I, I guess what it would be is there would be no way Emilio uh, as would Alex know the number. would know the number. Right. So, right. yeah, okay. So they, they do this bit, and uh, so he, he Vicendex like, okay, give me the number. And Emilio's like, two. And he's like, all right, five. And, he, and he's like, proceed. And he's like, six. And then, like, Banks is like, this is horse crap. Obviously, he's full of crap. And he looks at me, and he starts rambling off these numbers real quick. And then Vicendex finally goes, correct and like banks is going to go shoot him and then vicinic shoots him or whatever and he was like okay yeah. you're you're everything's cool yeah you're, so you're anthony movie, hopkins yeah you're anthony hopkins so at the end of the movie anthony hopkins goes down to get in his rolls royce and uh with renee russo he's like all right you get dressed in something nice we're driving away and russo's like well shit what do i do now all right i might as well then yeah basically she's hostage <laughs> yeah so they get in the car he drives off and she's looking at him like, all right, man, this sucks, man. All right, whatever, I guess. And they get stopped. Uh, a bus goes by, and in the front of the road is Mick and his bone jackers. And every and vehicle stops. in production. Yeah, everything that they built for this damn movie is right there. <laughs> so they stop, and, and, and you're like, uh-oh. You know, and he walks over to him, and he was like, I knew if, you, if, you, if I watched you long enough, you'd screw up. McCandless doesn't drive. Yeah. And Amelia's like, 
oh and he's like miss redmond you're gonna have to teach him better and she goes and she looks at him she goes is that you alex and alex yeah it's me acknowledges it's her yeah, yeah acknowledges him and then she's like but how did you get the number right wait a minute how'd you get the id number right he didn't i lied he wasn't even close i love that part <laughs> so it's like it's like mick jagger's character earned he got respect uh, uh alex earned that respect through him and he hated he hated um uh, uh, uh michelette he yeah. hated him anyway the you know banks anyway so he's like eh he whatever <laughs> i got paid either way <laughs> he was being jerked around by anthony hopkins a bit and throughout this entire endeavor of chasing emilio he even like called he goes what are we not friends anymore are we not you know you're the only friend i have here Emilio and Emilio Pelsey. saved his life. And yeah, Emilio saved him. He does save his, saves his life in a shootout with the, the other gang the, that the Banks other gang. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. and so Vicendak like gives him, you know, uh, a five-minute head start to get away yeah. the first time. One Mississippi. Yeah, was two like, Mississippi. It's five minutes. Are you going to do the yeah, Mississippi all the way through? But yeah. I love the yeah them too, this entire movie. I Very, could watch that all day long. I, I yeah, the it. buddy cop aspect of that was yes. really good kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So you know, we're again. Let's hit the likes and dislikes of this okay. movie in particular. Well, I did um, the other one first, so okay, you I'll go first. You go first. What I liked, um, well, the vehicles obviously looked cool as hell. Um, uh, so the vehicles cool as hell. One of the things, the acting in this, everybody did a great job in the acting in this. Yes. Um, the one thing I loved about this movie is I love the names of the characters. Yes. Alex Furlong, Julie Redland, Michelette, Vicendek, McCandless, Boone. You know, I, I love these names. Ripper. Yeah, you know, uh, Vicendex number one, uh, number two guy. Is I wouldn't even Ripper. talk about him because I was trying to figure out why he had a blacked out glasses. The eye patch, but his his eyes were fine. Yeah, I don't know. It was cool though. Um, yeah, because <laughs> it looked cool. <laughs> cool factor. You know, so it's like I loved the names in this. By the way, also um, one of Mick Jagger's future and now ex-wives, Jerry Hall, yes. was in this movie. She was the newswoman in this movie. Yep, she was on uh, one of the uh, little television things when they're talking yeah. about the uh, free. Yeah, she was. Around. She was the one that ended up uh, interviewing um, Amelia when he was hammered in the bar. That's who it was. Yeah, Not that's that her. Was, that's another funny part of this movie it's pretty good yeah he, no. he calls he calls vicendek vicendek it's pretty good uh <laughs> so uh, you know i really love that about this movie what i didn't like about this movie is a the guns that the bone jackers were carrying were kind of dumb looking from a, yeah. a prop build standpoint i think yeah. um jagger's helmet was stupid as hell that looked real dumb. Uh, what was the other thing I was thinking about earlier when I was thinking about what I didn't like about this movie? Oh, uh, what I didn't like about this movie is I actually kind of would have liked a stone song in this movie. Instead, the theme for it is called hit between the eyes by the scorpions of all people. Uh, yes. And fun fact, the VHS, oh, the VHS came with that video. 
Oh, of course. You got the Scorpions video with this. Now, you know what? And this will be a little bit of a, again, of a tangent, but it's me. And, well, this is our podcast. We can do what we want. That's right. The, by the way, this movie was an hour and 50 minutes, almost a two-hour-long movie. It really is. You know. Um, one of the things that I'll tangent on real quick is I loved songs either being made or really being taken and used as movie soundtrack songs. And then the videos had clips from the movies in them and usually the band playing on a stage or something or other. Yeah. But I loved that. I loved when movies really had soundtracks that you would go buy the cassette of the soundtrack of that movie for a reason, because it was so good. I mean, we've had a couple of things like guardians, obviously that's a soundtracks have become legendary on, but like for the most part, you don't get that anymore. Not really. And I loved that. Like, for example, one of the movies that we haven't done yet, and I'll break the fourth wall and tell you, we will do it is one of Charlie and I's both personal favorites. And that's demolition man. Yep. Love demolition man. The song that sting does for is called demolition man. I love that. Yeah. I don't like sting. I love that song. You know, and and there's things like that, like, uh, you know, Good Enough Goonies, you know, Cindy Lauper did it for, there's, that in the video has a lot of pro wrestlers in it, Mm -hmm. like the Sheik and Piper, and I love that. But, you know, for the most part, it's like, I love those movies having those soundtracks. You know, I would, I would look up movie soundtracks and listen to them. I do it now on Spotify. I love it so much. I wish we would get, I wish that would become a trend again. I, but I. Nowadays, with they, with copyrights and marketing and budgeting and this and that, it probably will never happen. But I, I, I mean, they do still kind of do it. Like you know, the Venom movie got you know Eminem did a song for the Venom movies. We've gotten a hand. I think Lincoln or was it was it Lincoln Park? Might have been Lincoln Park would do a soundtrack song back in the you know probably about ten years ago. For yeah, certain, like Rage it, did Matrix. Yeah, I and you know, who knows what we're gonna get with the the Matrix that comes out this you Christmas. Yeah. So but I agree with you. The soundtracks for these movies the end song of Commando. We both yeah. love Commando so much. You ragged on it, but the song in Navy SEALs I love that song, you know. Strike it, like strike like lightning. Strike like lightning. Yeah, I love that song, but I, I get you. And it was a missed opportunity. Be from what we've read, most everyone here didn't like doing this movie, let alone like seeing this movie later. Mick Jagger's right. gone on record saying I, it was brought to me. I had like a week to decide and I did it. He goes, if I'd have been able to like read over the script for like a month, I would have turned it down. And I'm like, that would have killed the movie. I mean, if I didn't, if I didn't have Emilio and Mick Jagger in this movie back, the chemistry was, yeah. So I'm like, I wasn't hates it. And he's in this movie for like 10 minutes. Yeah. He hates, but you know what? You've got act the one. Okay. So another tangent, because that's what I'm doing tonight. The movie when we talk about actors that hate movies, mm. the one that I still cannot comprehend because I absolutely adore, love this movie. Again, a top 50 movie for me is Robin Williams and Popeye. Yeah. He hated that movie. I don't get it. I'm with you. I, I, I love that movie. It. God, I love Popeye. The movie. I remember that octopus scene as if I had just seen it for the first time. I mean, I, I, uh, 
can't think of her name right now. It's just escaped oh, me. Olive oil. Uh, olive oil. Shelly. Shelly Winter. No. Shelly. Shelly. No. Is it Shelly Winters? All right. You talk. I'll look it up. Yeah. Look it up. She was olive oil to me. Um, all, Robin Williams Shelley, was Papa. Shelly Duvall. Shelly Duvall. Um, yeah. From The Shining. Yeah. I love. Popeye. I agree with you. And I don't know why he dog there there's a lot of movies. We could go on for a whole episode of actors that hated movies that went up being like loved by the fans. Well, we just talked about that uh Maximum Overdrive is absolutely despised by Stephen King. He directed and wrote it. I love that movie. It's Mm -hmm. one of my favorites growing up. I'm friends with one of the actors in the movie. Yeah. A good friend, not just Facebook friend, like had dinner, hung out with him. So I don't understand the hate. And especially, like I said, Anthony Hopkins is like in this movie, 10 minutes. I'm sure he was on set longer, but his, his role was nothing. What did you hate about it? You, you, you said lines like Anthony Hopkins would say lines. You did exactly what was written shut up it wasn't that bad yeah i i don't think it was either honestly so no uh, this 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 movie does it's not rated very high like on imdb or rotten tomatoes but i don't go off that stuff there's a lot there's a lot of cheese to it for sure there There is. is no doubt about that but when you consider some of the other 80s action movies early 90 action movies type stuff it's almost it's as good as some of the others it's as good and if not better than some of the others, in my opinion. I mean, it, yeah, honestly, yeah, it, it told a story. It was entertaining as all get out. I was having a, you can ask Jackie. I was having a blast watching this movie. You know, the cars wrecking the mega force buggies flipping mm-hmm. on their sides. And I was like, this was like a, a stunt man's dream doing this movie. Cause there were so many stunts done in this one and they were cool looking. So, all right. So you, you've got this movie again, like you said, I enjoy watching it. I think it's, it's one of those ones where I watch it. And I'm just like, I can kind of fast forward to the part where they catch him, where they, they, they free Jackie man. I can kind of fast forward to that part. I think this movie um, would benefit from some tightening up. I do agree that like yeah. an hour and 50 minutes might be a little long. This should have been one of those nice tight, like 90 minute action yeah uh, hour and a half hour and 40 something like that yeah and i believe there's enough to cut out of but i will give them this what they do leave in was kind of like world building like you know we barely even talked about but whenever he goes and finds his agent in the future yeah brad yeah and he he basically is showing him the underbelly of this society you know how bad it is for everyone um there's a there's a lot that they thought and put into this movie they thought through a lot of it i feel like there's probably a lot more to this movie that got cut out a lot more of that world building fleshing out type of stuff it felt like there's probably that there no i Uh, i don't i don't doubt that at all i we didn't see but uh, all right i I think we've covered this yeah i think so do you you want to body count this one let's body count this one now yeah yup all right charlie body count it baby well this one we get a proper action movie body count 46 
And Sounds after about right. the amount of like faceless, nameless goons that die <laughs> on both sides of the the ones that are trying to kill him and the ones that are trying to capture him, um, you know, obviously Alex doesn't die, so you, he's not he's not even dead. Dead. He's just he's not even dead. <laughs> he just gets teleported through tra- time and space. He just gets teleported through time and space. I did like the uh, where he electrocuted the one guy that cornered him that was about to shoot him with the real bullet. Oh, he, uh, uh, yeah, he zapped. Oh, the, the medical crew that pulls him out, and he hits him with the lobotomizer and zaps Dude, him all. the lobotomizer scene at the beginning was cool. That was cool. And it was, it was almost like they filmed it because they're all wearing those, like, uh, silver foil outfits. Baked potatoes. Yeah, yeah, but it was like when he shot one guy with a lobotomizer, it, like, bounced and hit both people at the same time like yeah other foil yeah it was cool it was a cool scene <clears throat> I, I i really enjoyed those kind of things they looked like aim troopers but wearing uh aluminum foil and then they were going to saran wrap him yeah that w- <laughs> oh my god uh, it's like they spent all the money on vehicles everything else was yeah. like what do we got left laying around yeah, yeah make it work yeah, yeah. exactly uh, uh body count was 46 so like i said a good proper action movie body count 46 all right well now that we've body counted both movies yes let you want to alley on both movies i say it's time we alley on and what we'll do is we'll just alternate you'll do your movie first then i'll answer and then i'll do free jack and then you answer so it'll be you me me you so we'll do that you me 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 you you me me you Wilhelm scream is so good. I'm, Every I'm, time. It's, I wasn't sure if it was going to grow on me, and it has. I'm actually pretty happy with this one. You know what else has grown on us? Medic! <laughs> we might need to get that checked out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Call a medic and get that checked out. Bone jacker. <laughs> well, that's, I'm going to have you start calling me bone jacker. Put me in, in your phone as bone jacker. Why don't we have Nick? I've, I listen to other podcasts. They all have like nicknames, and we just went with Charlie and Dan, our normal names. I don't know. Well, well uh, uh, about uh, Charlie No Butt. Nope. Done with that bit. <laughs> Let's, uh, what's your Ali Long rating? On all right. This? So, my Ali Long rating for Runaways. I uh, run away, rather. When I uh, first watched it, I had, like I said, again, I had some nostalgic memories of watching this movie with my mom, actually. And uh, my mom had a thing for Tom Selleck. I mean, obviously, who didn't? What mom didn't have a thing for Tom Selleck? In the <laughs> some 80s. of the dads did, too. So, that stash um, was powerful, man. <laughs> with great mustache comes great responsibility. <laughs> So, um, I had those and I, I had an original Allyong rating for it at around six. Mm. Um, after watching it again though, and actually kind of thinking about it, analyzing it, I'm going to go ahead and give it a five. Okay. Yeah. I I'm going to give that. it a five. There's some cheese to it. There's definitely a, a, a dated feeling watching it. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's enough fun that uh, it, Gene and, and I'm going to give it a five. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. So uh, I'm not going to be too far off from you. Uh, I, again, I've, I had seen that one more recently than I had free Jack. I also love Tom Selleck again, Magnum PI. We grew up seeing that face everywhere in the eighties and even early nineties. He's still on TV. Sure. Um, yeah. 
he's he's a household fixture. Like these robots that were running around, we all should have little pictures of Tom Selleck somewhere in our house. Who said um, we don't? I'm not saying we don't. I'm not saying. And Burt Reynolds. Who had the better stash, Burt or, or Tom Selleck? I think Tom Selleck, man. Mm, Burt is stash. is close, close, like like a mustache hair close. But when you see Tom without a mustache, it's a lot weirder than if you see Burt without one. There, that's how you judge it. Who looks that's weirder without? So Tom Selleck wins out. Um, yeah, this movie again, it felt like a made-for-television miniseries that got turned into an R-rated movie. That I can actually see that. Yeah, when you, it, when you said that. That's yeah. perfect. That's a good analysis. So I'm, I, I'm, I think I'm exactly with you. I'm at a five. I think it's a five yeah. alley on movie. It's definitely worth watching. Um, it's sure. on Amazon Prime right now. It's worth. It's worth it just to see the little spider robots, to see Gene Simmons just in a role Gene. that you're, it's totally for, it's for Gene and Stash, period. Um, everything else is just extra, bonus. What about, what if Gene had a stash? I don't know how I'd feel about that. That'd be weird. That would be All very right. weird. Uh, so free, ja- do, free, jack. free Jack me. I, I will rate Free Jack. So again, like you, I kind of, I kind of guessed in my brain what I would rate these based on what i remembered mm-hmm. uh because funny fact i didn't even bring this up i have a free jack comic book based on the movie floating around somewhere oh, um, that's cool so i've i've always known about this movie i've always had fond memories of it and knew i liked it um so i watched it and even now as we talk and how much more energy we have talking about this movie and how much i've really really love emilio estevez and mick jagger's chemistry in this movie um it was going to be like around a six six and a half but i believe i've just bumped it up to a seven um i think this movie is a solid seven it has everything i want in action movie oh there is one thing we didn't bring up that was very very odd in runaway and i think we need to talk about it because there was none in this there's no nudity in free jack but they just out of nowhere threw a topless lady in a hotel room in runaway and it was more like whoa yeah really like it it did nothing it did nothing they for even, the whole thing they even had a brothel scene in free jack a little bit and there wasn't really any topless in that yeah we, we had the neon boobies outside that looked yes. like the dust till dawn bar yeah oh, i'm not sure if we're gonna say it, that it, it, well it was it was reminiscent of um uh total recall Yes. Yeah, yeah. Whenever they go down the strip down to there. Yeah. Um, so that was just odd that I, we never even brought that up. So yeah, this, this movie had everything action wise, except for the gratuitous nudity, which it didn't need. Sure. Um, I, this, this movie's a seven to me. What about you? Okay. Um, watching it, you know, watching it, I watched what, how did I watch these in, in what order? I watched free Jack first. Then I watched runaway. And I watched them both the same night, mm-hmm. um, two nights ago, as a matter of fact, as we're recording this. And I wanted to watch, I remembered in my, my brain liking Runaway better. So I was like, I'm going to watch Free Jack now, kind of get it out of the way. And mm-hmm. it's the longer of the two. Let me watch it. And, uh, and I'll, then I'll get to Runaway. That was my same thought process, but reverse. Yeah. 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 So I did that. And after watching it, I gotta say, I like Free Jack a little better. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really do. I'm going to give it a six. I want to give it a solid six. Again, yeah, there's some crap in it, and yeah, there's some uh, some some stupid. Yeah. It seems like they skipped over a little bit here or a little bit there, or they could have filled this in a little bit more here or whatever. But there was a lot of things in it and some scenes in it, like we didn't talk about when they when um, uh, Alex and uh, um, um, Julie, when they come down the elevator from Michelet's office, mm-hmm. he's got all of his personal security guard there to shoot him, kind of like RoboCop. Yeah. Reminding me of the RoboCop scene. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that killed me in this was the green screen CGI stuff was really, it, we the technology was not there. It looks dated right. now watching it. I'm sure back then it was fine. Looking at it now, you're just like, you know, it's like a really, it's like I could green screen that in in the bedroom here kind of thing. Uh, Yeah, it was not great. Um, The big jack on top was kind of goofy, but there was enough in this movie. The the back and forth between Mick Jagger and Emilio, awesome. The Bone Jacker helmets, awesome. The name Bone Jacker, I think, is cool. The there's enough vehicles running around. I mean, yeah, they legit and, and were ramping these things. Yes, I mean, you, uh, there's one scene you can actually see the ramp it hits, but whatever, it's fine. Hey, we talked about that in Delta Force, man. Behind every yeah, barrel it, is a ramp. Is a ramp. It's fine. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. This movie was good enough for me to go. Yeah, six. I'd watch it again. Yep. This sure. this is and this isn't a disparaging remark, but this is your your pretty basic run-of-the-mill 90s action movie that came out. It's not just vanilla. It's vanilla with a little bit of a caramel swirl in it. It's got that vanilla bean, you know, that little specks mm. of vanilla yeah. that are in there for that yeah. little yeah. extra something. Yeah. Um, I would agree again, with that, yeah. What, this one is actually on HBO Max right now, so if you have HBO Max. Uh, and i, I got to say, it was a extremely clean version because I only remembered yeah. the VHS. Yeah. So it was like really nice to see it was clean, but not overly clean. You know, where things got weird looking, the dark yeah, parts still, were dark and it was you know, grainy enough. Yes. You got to leave a little, a little bit of, grain of that grain, especially yeah. in the dirty parts of the city. I was like, you didn't polish and thank you for that. So check them out. Both movies, you know, a, f- a five and then a six, seven. I think those are commendable action movies and worthy of our double feature presentation. I think so. So, all right. Well, you anything else before we go into the wrap-up? I think we've covered these movies pretty well. I mean, I'm actually surprised we've got two movies squeezed in the amount of time that we've done. So, I've, I'm pretty, I feel pretty proud right now. All right. Well, let's do the wrap-up. Look, Gene, if you want to come after us, that's fine. Go ahead and send me a cease and desist. I'll I was you. just getting ready to say, you know the one person on this planet that would send us one? That'd yeah. be Gene. I'm, I'm tempting. All right. So as we finish up this episode, we want to give thanks to everyone that we normally give those thanks to. And that's Good Beer, Bad Movie Night with Pete and the gang over there. Poster Smash. Check out their stuff. They did a, red, uh, a dead... Dead heat, red heat. Yep. Poster they, smush. They pulled smash. that one from. They pulled that one from the archives for us. Yeah, that was good. Uh, we want to say, of course, check out Sludgecast, Monster Movie Stomp Down, live and in living color with Wolfie D, 
Make sure that you listen to Give Me Back My Horror Movies with Charlie and Nate. If you subscribe to this, you subscribe to that. Congratulations. We tricked your ass into that one. Um, And (laughs) make sure you get on the Facebook, get on the groups. We have multiple groups. We have the one for the network. We have the one for this movie uh, podcast. We have one for the horror movie podcast. And our 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 cousin podcast good beer bad movie night sludge cast woofy d get on their socials check them out as well yep. like subscribe comment review where you can on uh apple podcast i podcast whatever the hell they call it and on spotify we definitely do it there as well check out instagram charlie does all of that yep see what uh combo meal movies he is buying this week Check out Mountain Empire Comics in Johnson City and Bristol, Tennessee, respectively. Check them out on Facebook. And, of course, you can always contact us through the Facebook or send us an old-fashioned email at, and here's Pete's favorite part, gmbmampod at (sighs) gmail.com. Did you need to take an extra breath for that one? That was a lot. (sighs) There I will. Go. I will only add one small thing to that. Is please do uh, sludge over at Monster Movie Stomp Down has finally, after months of me berating him, started a group, so he we has. can share all the gooey goodness of monsters. Um, Check out his trading cards he just made. All his Halloween trading cards that he's been sharing have been fantastic. So probably by the time you hear this, they'll all be in, have been released, but you'll be able to go back and check them out. Um, and we just share all kinds of cool stuff. So it's also, nice. Didn't, you know? uh, didn't your episode of jacked up movie review show just come out? Uh, no, it comes out, uh, November 9th, November 9th. Okay. So yep, look so... forward to that in the future, yeah, which could so... be the past when you listen. It depends on when you listen to this. Time. Yeah. It's we'll have to see what the release is. I'm looking at my calendar. I don't have it marked right. But, but we uh, did, we did just do two movies in the future that are in the past. Funny how that worked too. I mean, that, that's kind of weird. One was in the 90s, one's in 2009, and it's still the past. It Back is. to the Future 2 is now the past. Morty. Morty. And Back to the Future 3 was definitely in the past. Yeah, man. They went back to the West. Are we done? Butthead. Charlie, I'm finished. Everyone, thanks for listening. Check us out next week. We'll check Charlie out next week at least. Yep. For the horror movies. Uh, check us out in two weeks when we will be doing a movie which we haven't discussed just yet and until then thanks for listening Charlie I'll be back I knew you'd say that